people, it is Monday, which means we start Chin Check off as we do with a recap of the weekend's events. We had UFC on ESPN Plus 48 on Saturday and Submission Underground 24 on Sunday, people. So let's get it cracking. Well, now that is all done, people. UFC on ESPN Plus 48 is finished. And, um, yo, we had some great friggin' fights, right? You know what I mean? Great friggin' fights. We had Brian, uh, Brian, I always say Brian. It's Brendan Fitzgerald, Paul Felder, and Daniel Cormier, I mean, Joe Martinez announcing the fights, it was a good show, 13 fights, people, 13 fights, seven of those were finishes, it's not bad, right, not bad at all, over half ended in a finish, now, one went to a no contest, right, so that means just, uh, what does that mean? Five decisions? Yeah, that's right, isn't it? Five decisions, which is not bad at all. And out of those five decisions, I would say, right? I would say that whew, I mean, we had some straight up, you know what I mean, masterclassery in uh you know what I mean one of them for sure. And some really fun fights in the others, you know. So yeah, this was a great, it's a great little event. You know what I mean? The little engine that did, because you know, let's be. I you could look at it and you could say, ah, this might not be the one, right? Could it? It could have very well have been a shit show. But I mean, here's the thing: you give. Fighters the opportunities, right? You give them the opportunities to make a name for themselves, to shine, to fill a void, right? And hey, motherfuckers will show and prove, and that's what we saw. Motherfuckers like stepping up. People, you know, some on the card may have saved their contracts. Some of them, although it didn't go their way, they put on a good performance. So, hey, who knows, right? Who knows? We had a fun debut, you know, and possibly people putting themselves in good places in the pos- in their divisions. You know what I mean? So, um, hey, let's let's start breaking this motherfucking shit down because that's what we're here for, right? So let's go. Man, I have to say, as suspected, the fight card started off with a banger, with a straight war. You know, we had the lightweight matchup between Yancy Medeiros and Damir Hadrovic. And um, 
it was a tough one. It was it was a definitely a tough one, which, to be honest with you, I thought should have ended in a draw. You know, I thought this fight should have ended in a draw. Now, this is my thinking, right? Because I I feel that it was technically scored, like the rounds were given to the right people, but I would have just scored the last round differently. So I think Hadrovic he won those first two rounds, right? He came out and I think the big difference between the two was the power. Hadrovic just had more power in his shots. Now, Medeiros has more of a Diaz brothers style. Where he will come with the volume. You know what I mean? He was coming with a lot of volume. A lot of lighter shots. Not loading up as much as Hadrovic was. Now, Hadrovic was also eating that leg. He was eating that lead leg of Madeiras. Now, Madeiras, he was hitting his own leg kicks as well. You know, but I don't know. Hadrovic's kicks just seem to have more impact than um, Madeiras' kicks. I will say, though, Madeiras, his attacks were probably a bit more varied. You know, he was coming with the lead elbow... You know, which is always nice. The spinning back kicks, right? He he was throwing things like that into the mix, which really did I help help shift the, the, the tone of the fight. Right? But I think if Madeiras had had something I think if he had used the jab a bit more and maybe put a bit more venom in it, he could have kept Hadrovic off of him, and just kept out of the the wars, because, as I said, look, Madeiras was landing some very good shots, but Madeiras's shots didn't have the same visuals as Hadrovic's, now, Madeiras did hurt Hadrovic in the fight, for sure, but during your average encounter, Hadrovic would land those big shots that would crack Madeiras's head back, right? And Madeiras couldn't really do that with Hadrovic's with just a straight up shot. Now with an elbow, yes, but just not with a shot. So yeah, it, it, you have the visual of Hadrovic's. Winning those first two rounds. Um, which I, I will say. I think he did get the better of the first two. Now here's where it gets a little different for me. Because in the third round. Right. They came out slinging. Which you know. I think Madeiras knew he needed this round. He needed a finish. He's call, I believe that's what his corner told him as well. And he did that. He brought it. Now, um, Adrovich, you know, he was doing his thing. He was doing his thing. He did shoot. He did shoot. 
And he, well, he landed heavy shots first. Let us be clear. He landed some big shots, right? But it was Madeiris's volume that seemed to be wearing Hadrovic down in that first. Because Hadrovic did look tired, right? Hadrovic went for the clinch and Madeiris gets him down. He gets him down. And I I believe it we were at least... I think we at least had half half the round left. I think there was probably a little bit more even, right? And once Madeiras had him down, Madeiras was unloading shots, right? Unloading shots. He attacked with the rear naked, dropped elbows. You know, he was really putting in work. Ended the fight with his arm underneath Hadrovic's chin. If there was a little bit more time, Hadrovic would have tapped. Right? He, he had he had no other thing to do. He, he wasn't able to fight the hands. You look at the way that fight ended. The arm is under the chin. And Hadrovic can't escape. Can't escape. Right? So... The fact that Madeiras had him in that much trouble for, I'd say, three minutes. I kind of feel under the new, the new, under the new rules, that round should have been a ten-eight. I I think there was enough in there to give that round a ten-eight to Madeiras, which would have given that fight a draw. Right, that that's what I kind of feel. That that round should have made that fight a draw. I, I, I feel that would have been the fair thing to do. Because you gotta feel bad for Madeiras at the end of that. Right? I, I definitely do. I, uh, now obviously, right? I, I do feel you know there, there's stuff he could have done better. As I said, look, the, you know, kept Hadrovic's off of him. And not just let himself get sucked into some of those wars. Those exchanges. But uh, yeah. It was close man. It was close. And as Diaz said right. If this was a real fight. Yo. Madeiras is the winner. You know what I mean? Madeiras is the winner. Right? But yo. What a way to start. What a way to start the goddamn card. You know? It's kind of funny that the next fight was another crazy affair. And these were the two fights, right? These were the two fights that were kind of marked down as could be dicey. Because you had Yancey Medeiros and Justin Yanis both, you know, possibly fighting for their careers. So the fact that these two fights were so good. I mean, I think that's what it means to be in the UFC. You know what I mean? Because both fighters definitely showed, hey, they want this. They want this so damn much. I mean, Janus, he he believed in himself when you found out that he had bet his entire purse, his entire purse on himself. I mean, that's some bold-ass shit. 
So I think you gotta feel right. There's something in that because it shows that you believe in your own skills and ability. But it's definitely a crazy move. Definitely a crazy move that you hope pays off. You definitely hope that pays off. Whew. And you know, I think it nearly did, right? It nearly did. Oh my gosh. I think the first two rounds we saw we saw the differentials in the skill sets, right? Rosa was mixing it up. Rosa was I mean he had a fast one too, right? Whoo! Had a fast one too that was nice. Really, you know, did some good work with that. Uh now Janus, he he was relying way too much on that big left hand. Right? Now he did land it, right? He did land that big left. But you know, that's all he kind of was going for, right? That and the right. You know, he, he was always going for the huge shot. He wanted to land a bomb. He wanted to get a knockout and finish it. Which, yeah, like, you've got heavy hands. We understand, right? We saw how your debut went. But everyone else saw that too, right? So everyone knows, hey, we need to avoid that shit. Roll with those shots. Avoid those shots. Keep him on his back foot. And Janus didn't really adapt to that. You know, he was landing some good calf kicks. You know, there was that for sure, for sure. But those first two rounds, I think Rosa was taking control. Right? He was taking control. He got the takedowns. You know, we saw that. Now, in the second round, Janus had his moment for sure, right? Because Rosa went for the guillotine. And when Janus escaped, he's on top, right? Which is always the uh, always the problem. But then Rosa was able to turn things around. Able to turn things around, ending it with the triangle attempt. You know, now in the third, the third round was the opportunity. The third round was the opportunity. And it's funny, right? The fight before third round was a huge one for Madeiras. And yeah, the third round was Janus's chance. Because Rosa was winning that first round. And then Janus landed. Who landed the right. Hurt him. Her Rosa, but oh my gosh, what made no sense? No sense. He took him down, took him down, right? You keep him on the feet, right? When somebody's hurt, keep him on the feet and just unload because if they can't defend themselves, it's it. But you take someone down. And they have the opportunity to hold you, right? To stifle your ability to drop shots. Giving themselves 
the chance to, you know, get their breath back, all of that jazz, and yeah, that's what happened, that's what happened, it was crazy, now, he went for the arm triangle and all of those sort of things, but if you're not, you know, if that's not your bread and butter, if you don't grab that shit every day, you know, if, you, if you're if you not living and breathing, it's not an easy technique to pull off. We see people do it, right? But they're usually jiu-jitsu practitioners, right? They, they, and they've trained that move. They know that move. Because they... Uh, any little bit of space and your opponent is cool. Any little bit of space and your opponent is cool. And Rosa had space. So, Janus, you know, he, he went for the move, couldn't get it. Couldn't get it, right? And then it just allowed Rosa to get back up. And, you know, they ended around swinging each other. So, I'll say, look, Janus won that last round for sure. Wasn't enough for a 10-8. And, um, yeah, it was weird. It was weird that that was a split decision. That was some crazy-ass shit. That was not a split decision fight, right? But, also, it wasn't 30-27 to Rosa. That was a, that was a weird score. Right, Charles Bird gave it 30-27 to Rosa. And, yeah, I mean, you could definitely give the first two rounds, but you can't give the third round to Rosa. Right? That, that's a that's a weird one. So, I would say, look, I, I thought the, the win was legit. Rosa won that fight. But, uh, yeah, the scoring... Scoring was a little bit funky. <laughs> oh my days, the scoring was funky, man. It is kind of funny how, you know, so many of the fights did, well, the decisions did go in a similar fashion because the welterweight clash on the main card between Nicholas Dolby and Tim Means, again, it, it was a similar affair, you know, because. Oh, Dirty Bird, Tim Means. Man, he looked good in those first two rounds, for sure. He, and especially opening up with the head kick. Yo. I mean, he hit a few head kicks, to be honest. And you, you just think, how was Dolby able to survive? Because I think it was in the second round, he hit the head kick... And then an elbow. And you're just like, oh my god. It, it was such a great combination. And yeah, it, it just came with a ferocity. You know what I mean? There was, it wasn't a, you know, a little touch. It was full-blown smash. And Dolby was able to survive. But... Means he mixed those, he mixed them up, right? Ah, oh, lovely lateral drop takedown in that first round. 
you know, really putting on a nice showing, really putting on a nice showing, I think Dolby, a bit like, um, oh my god, my mind's gone blank, my mind's gone fucking blank, Justin Janus, a bit like him, um, Dolby was kind of trying to land that big shot, trying to land that big shot, and it it was just a bit like, yo, you're you're not kind of doing enough, right? Not doing enough, and Means was in space. Oh, in space, he was using the jab, you know, using these kicks, really just putting it together. And when Dolby came out hot, right, Dolby came out hot those first two rounds, Means was just staying calm, staying calm, and in implementing his game, you know, in that third round, yeah, Dolby came on, Dolby came on, hurt Means, hurt him, but instead of, oh my gosh, instead of using that, he clinched up with him, clinched up with him, giving Means the opportunity to get his senses back, right, that's what the crazy thing was, you're just like, yo, that's your opportunity, man, that is your opportunity to try and end this shit, but instead you clinch, ah, crazy fool, crazy fool, but yeah, was what it was, people. It was what it was. And we got a nice win for the dirty bird, Tim Meads. You know, who's been in the game for, god damn, a good-ass while. But still, still looking good. Hey, and what about that bantamweight fight, right? That bantamweight fight between Arani Barcelos and Timor Valev, that fight was crazy, that was a, it was a fun fight, I, I will say, I think the big thing with that one, it was the activity, right, because I think Barcelos, look, we know he's good, right, we know he's good, but he just wasn't very active, and that was a huge thing about that fight, he wasn't active enough, you know, I think Valuve, he was just doing the more work, right, that he had some very nice combinations, you know, and that's what shone out, you know, that's what shone out in that fight, because we saw the battle of Basilos, ugh, I hate pronouncing that man's name, man. <laughs> oh my gosh! But listen, he he had good shots, right? He had a lot of power in in what he was doing, but he he just wasn't active, which was a uh, it was an interesting one, man. You kind of thought, oh, what, what's he doing? What's he? Why is he waiting? I mean, I could kind of see why Bell might have given it a draw. Just because, yeah, those heavy shots were from uh, Barcelos, 
right? He was the one who seemed to do the more damage. But yeah, Valev, he he was just throwing more. I mean, well, those were the optics, right? When you were watching it, because I think when when you saw the 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 uh, you know the punch count, I think it was closer than you thought, but it was just optively, it looked like Valev was doing more. Right, and, and that was the big thing. So, I think Barcelos kind of did this to himself. You know what I mean? Like, if he had thrown more, just looked visibly like he was doing shit, he probably would have won that fight. You know? So, hey, it is good shit to learn. Right? Know this stuff now. And make those corrections, you know. So I'm I'm sure going forward, he's going to, you know, avoid this mistake, right? But yeah, fuck, it happened. Timor Valev walks away with the win, and hey, let's be clear, he didn't look terrible. It's not like he was bad. He fluked his way to a win. No. He did a lot of good shit. So it was well deserved. You know what I mean? But yeah. Those were the decisions. Those were the. Yeah. I thought. I mean there was another one. But we'll get to that. But yeah. Those were the main decisions on the night. What about that scrap. Between Andre Feely and Daniel Pineda. God damn. It, it just highlights how good that featherweight division is, right, we we have so many high-talented individuals fighting, but boy, Feely looked so good, so good, and I like the honesty at the end of the fight, right, because Pineda, he didn't have to say what he said, we've definitely seen other people in the past Go the other direction, you know, but Pineda was honest, and I appreciate that shit, and he's a tough motherfucker, because, a Feely had him hurt in that first round, that, I mean, just straight away, out the gate, right, out the gate, Feely landed some heat, landed heat, it was a big right hurt him, a big right, and then he unloads, right, just from that exchange, you thought, how the fuck is Pineda still here, Pineda is tough, right, and then Feely landed that body kick, oh, oh my god, that, that, that was a heater, that was a heater, Right, and Pineda survived, which you just, you wondered how, you wondered how, throughout the round though, Feely was landed some great shots, which all seemed to come from his ability to be so relaxed, he was loose, he was free, you know, ah, there was a point he had left and then a let you know in a head kick, right? Ho ho! 
I mean, and then he got a lateral drop takedown. I feel he was just on fire. Feely was on fire, which just made it such a shame the fight ended how it did. You know, and you could see the eye poke, it was accidental. It, it was an accidental eye poke for sure. Ah. Now, I think, right, you, you could definitely say, ah, I wish Herb had given him longer. But then, even then, right? I think it is, you could see that when Pineda was getting interviewed by Cormier, he, he was blinking, right? He had his eyes shut. So even the full five minutes, it wasn't technically going to be enough. Now, Pineda was just like, hey, I wanted a fight. I would have just fought. You know what I mean? And, and you respect the fuck out of that shit. You're like how he tried to. <laughs> it was just, oh man, when he tried to, um, you mean convince the doctor that he was cool. Like, how many figures? Three, one. When the doctor had three, and he's like, no, 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 no. Oh, yeah, uh, that's what I meant. Uh, you know, uh, no, let me do it again. Let me do it again. You read it. It's just like. You gotta respect Pelada for doing everything in his power to try and stay in that fight, right? But yeah, he, his eye was fucked. His eye was fucked, and he couldn't really see. But I, I definitely believe he would have fought if if they had said fight, he would have fought. And I, as I said, look, I appreciate him saying he was getting lit up. Right, because it is always so weird in those situations, and then you have this other person going, "I wasn't hurt." No, I, I wasn't hurt. It was a bit like Charles Rosa was like, "Oh, I, I won that last round." He'd be like, "Yo, you didn't win that last round, man." Like you won the first two, you won the fight. No one's trying to say you didn't win the fight, but you didn't win that last round. Right, so when you see someone who is you know, I, I feel man enough just to be like, yeah, they had me. They had me. You've got to respect that. Now, there are op there are definitely times, I feel, when someone's like, oh, you got rocked. They're like, nah, I was fine, right? I don't believe that's always a lie, right? I think sometimes you get rocked so much, you don't know you got rocked. Right, because you've just lost that time, right? There's been so many times, you know, what I mean, taking a little hit in training, and it's just like, wait, what just happened? No, I was fine. That never, and you just don't know. You don't know. So, I think there is a, there's definitely a thing where sometimes people are just like, you know, they didn't realize. It, it's not until you watch the footage that you're like, oh, okay, that happened. <laughs> But then there are times when people were like, nah, I was cool. I was going, when they clearly weren't. And they know they weren't, but they're just fronting. So, hey, hats off to Pineda. Was a, a great fight. It's tough, right? Because do we need to see that fight again? It was so one-sided. I don't know if you need to run it back, but the eye poke, you know what I mean? I, I would say, right, if there are no, if there's no one else, 
run it. But otherwise, you, you could match them up with other people. You know what I mean? I feel you could do that. But, yeah, just a shame. Such a goddamn shame, man. So seven finishes on the card. Not bad, right? Not bad at all. Hey, so three of those finishes were submissions. Three were submissions. Now, one of those submissions, the first was our sole female fight on the card, which is probably, you know, one of the first times in a long, long ass time that there's only been one women's fight on the card. Because we usually have a minimum of three. Right, but yeah, just one, but a decent clash, decent clash. The two Julias, uh, different spellings, but they got it on. Julia Avila against a Julia Stolokenko, and um, I think what we saw here was, man, it it was just volume and power, right? Because I think Stolokenko. She had the the te- the technical ability. You know, her her striking was definitely crisper, right? But I think you we we've seen it so many times. You know, a a fighter with you know the fundamentals, right? But they get a little bit flustered when someone comes and they're just firing. You know, no real. Hey, and and this might sound bad, right? But it's not meant to sound bad, but no real technique. And that's not to say she was terrible, right? But Avelia's striking isn't technical. She was just, you know what I mean, going for it, right? Which just means the shots are coming from different angles than you're expecting, right? Because someone isn't, you know, they're not setting things up how you would normally set things up, right, so it just meant that Avila was really coming with that pressure, and that flustered Strolokenko, you know, and we just saw it time and time again, you know, Strolokenko was trying to, you know, implement her game, and Avila would just bum rush her, Bum rusher just throwing and landing the heavier shots. Landing the heavier shots, which was always giving her the edge in the fight. You wondered what it would be like on the ground, you know, because, yes, Jolokenko is, you know, armbar queen, right? She She's just... All her victories, all her submissions were arm bars, right? So you're just like, okay, how is this going to be, right? And, yeah, Avila did good on the ground, right? But I think what eventually got her that victory was just everything else she was doing. Like that front kick, oh my god, the front kick was landing so well, and the way she just threw it up there, you know, no setup, boom, 
like in the middle of a combination as well. It'd be like, wait, how the fuck are you getting this? I ain't getting my leg up like that. You know what I mean? So, hey, there was all of that. So she wore Stola Kinko down. And in that third round, you know, Stola Kinko was trying to get the the takedown. Avila gets it. Sholopchenko reverses, reverses the position, but gives Avila the opportunity just to sneak out the back, sneak out the back and take her back, right, and then, boom, rear naked, like, she didn't, uh, she didn't fight the hand quick enough, right, it was a crazy one, didn't fight the hand quick enough, but, was not tapping, right, was not tapping, she went out like a motherfucker, that was like, yo, okay, right, yo, Shonashenko is a real motherfucker, right, god damn, uh, Julia Velia's, <laughs> her, her talk with Cormier was Hilarious though, like she was self self censoring herself. You know what I mean? Like they didn't even need the bleep button. She was just like, oh, "Motherfucker, okay, yeah." <laughs> just like, okay, okay, but yeah, that was hey, it it was it was fun, man. That was a fun fucking fight, a fun fight. Now, boy. <laughs> I I I definitely think that welterweight clash between like Michelle Pereiras and Shavrat Rakhmarov. That that was crazy. That looked like right the visuals of that fight reminded me of Stefan Struve, Pat Barry. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's Stephen Strew, Pat Barry. The size difference was insane. I'm like, God damn, son. And, oh man, Rakhmarov uses his reach and just that range so well. So well, man. That jab was just... Whew, on point, stuffs all those takedown, um, takedown attempts, you know, got a nice body lock takedown himself, and once on the ground, yo, once on the ground, he was just coming with the vicious ground and pound, it was, whoo, crazy, so, you know, we get to the second round, and, yeah, Rackmorf, he just, just continued, man, spinning back kick was good, real good, you know what I mean, he, he put Pereiras down, and just those concussive shots, the concussive shots were just like, oof, oh my god, oh my god, and you, you could see, you know, like, Paratus had no choice, right? And no real choice but to turn. And it just, yeah, just gave up his neck. Gave up his neck and it was done. It was done. 
Now, we saw a similar thing in our last submission, right? Saw a similar thing, which was the lightweight clash between Renato Morricano and Jai Herbert. Which, man, I was looking forward to this fight. I, I was really looking forward to this fight because... I don't know, man. I, I just thought Herbert had the opportunity. He had the opportunity to I think just bounce back from that first fight, which just ah just kind of fell apart on him. And he he was landing some good shots on his feet. He was landing some good shots, but the ease in which Morocado was taking him down. That was just, oh, uh, that was ridiculous. I'm like, you, you can't be taken down that easily. What the fuck, son? You, you just have to scratch your head a little bit because it wasn't like Morricano really tried. And that was the nuts thing about it all. If... You know what I mean? Because, look, there's some great wrestlers, you know what I mean? And they are so tenacious. They don't get the first or the second. They get the third or the fourth attempt. You know what I mean? They will stick to you. So, you know what I mean? When you meet up with one of those motherfuckers, it's just like, ah, shit. Right? And, and that's a tough one. But with this, it was the... First attempt, and the the setup for the take, they, it was pretty basic, right? You you'd think okay, right? Maybe you get caught the first time by surprise, but after that, you should be able to bet make a better attempt at stuffing these, and Herbert just just didn't just. Didn't and and that was a huge fucking problem. And then once Morikano got him down, the ease in which he gets him to mount. Oh my days! Like that should never fucking happen. Shouldn't be. Shouldn't be that easy. Like you, you have to make someone work. You have to make someone work for their shit. And yeah. Morikano did, didn't really have to work, right? Herbert got up easily at the beginning. But as mentioned on the broadcast, right? When you are fresh, yeah, you, you can use that explosive energy. But then after taking some shots, after the fight started, you know what I mean? How are you going to be then, right? And if you don't have technique... Then it's a problem because the explosiveness goes right, and that's exactly what we saw. It's exactly what we saw. Now at the beginning, you know, Morricano, it was like he was looking. He was going from position to position, you know. So he wasn't unloading the bombs, but he started to right. He started to hit big shots. And that's that's when you saw it all go to shit. 
because he was landing some big shots on the ground, right? Landing some big shots, and you just saw Herbert basically give up, right? He, like he ate those elbows. You know, he was eating elbows, he was eating shots. And so when Morricano took his back, Herbert, he didn't... Like, because you knew what he was going to do. You knew what Morricano was looking to do. It, it, it was pretty obvious. Like, Stevie fucking Wonder would have known. But Herbert, he didn't do anything. He didn't fight the hands. Right, the the arm was going underneath his chin, and he didn't fight it. He didn't even bring his arms up. Right, didn't even bring his arms up to fight it. And then it was just an instant tap. So, I I think if that same thing had happened at the very start of that first round, you would have seen Herbert fight and defend. But he had just eaten so many big shots that it was just like I I can't I can't he he was getting taken down so easily and yeah it it was just the culmination of those big shots it it just meant that Herbert was just like yeah it, the disillusion was clear. Was clear, and that's no disrespect because a Herbert got in the ring, right? Herbert got in there. He he took those shots. He had that fight, which is more than most of us could even say we would even do, right? But yeah, when you don't have takedown defense, it it's tough. It's tough, and 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 that's what that was. That's what that was. So, a, a very good win for um, Renato Morricano. And Herbert, hey, I think he needs to he needs to go away. If I was Herbert, I'm not taking another fight until, I don't know, man, like the end of the year. Maybe September, October. I'm not looking to fight until end of September, October, you know, and I'm going to just work on my jiu-jitsu, wrestling and jiu-jitsu, that's it, that's all the fucker, but you can see, Herbert is good on his feet, he's good on his feet, it is just, you can't get taken down that easily, so he needs to go and work on that takedown defence, you know, work on that jujitsu defense. Because otherwise, this is the blueprint to beat him. You know, that first fight was a, a, a lapse in concentration. This, this was a dismantling. And this is something that anyone will watch and go, oh, okay, yeah, that's how it would be. And that's what they will do to him. Right, if he takes a fight next week, the same thing's gonna happen. It's it's like with um, Kevin Holland. As soon as people were like, "Oh, we can just take him down," 
Yeah, that's what happened. So Herbert needs to go away and work on that shit. Otherwise, it's going to be rinse and repeat this fight onwards. You know, great win for Morocano. Um, yeah, fun to see what he got. He does next. But Herbert whew, needs to work on that fucking takedown defense, man. So, yeah, four KOs, people. Four KOs. That finished off the stoppages. And, um, yo, the first was, ooh, it, it was one of them just, like, what? You mean one of those finishes, right? It was a light heavyweight clash between Isaac Villeneuve and Marcin Practuno. And, um, I think the thing about this fight, Villeneuve came out, man, he came out ready to dodge. Right, came out moving forward. Um, now Pracnio, he was hitting those leg kicks, but Villeneuve hurt Pracnio with a left hook, hurt him with a left hook. But the, the but the thing with Pracnio, even hurt, <laughs> he was throwing. You know what I mean? He was a, he wasn't one of them dudes that you hurt and you can just move in and take out. You have to be wary of that son of a bitch's power, you know? And um so yeah, Villeneuve was you know, he had to be wary of him, right? But you could definitely say he was leading the dance. He was getting shots off. He was doing things pretty well. Pragnio was coming with some head kicks, which is, I think, always impressive from the big motherfuckers, right? Villeneuve was hitting some nice uppercuts. Um, and he ended the round unloading on Pragnio. But Pragnio was damaging that front leg. So come the second round, and yeah, Villeneuve's leg was to toast. Oh my gosh, yeah, it was fucked up, right, so Pragnio now starts attacking the body, which, I, I, yeah, it's a weird one, right, because I don't know what he saw, but yeah, he, he kind of figured, alright, the body is the place to go, because I ain't stopping this motherfucker hitting him in the head, alright, and Villainer came forward and Pragnio hit him with a body kick that just shut him down. And I don't know if it hit the liver. I don't know what it was. Because it looked at a different strike, right? You know what I mean? We saw, um, like, Jessica Andrade shut off Caucasian uh, with that liver punch. Like, we've seen it happen to people. But it seemed slightly different. But same, you feel me? And, um, yeah, Villeneuve just went down. It was one of those little delayed things too, right? You thought he was cool and then suddenly he's down. And, yeah, that was it, right? The ref knew straight away. He managed to get in there so there was no extra shots taken. But, boy, 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 boy. Oh, it looked horrible. It looked horrible. Horrible. But yeah, definitely a big win for Marcin Pratnio, you know. 
And hey, maybe, right? Maybe he fights the next motherfucker, right? Because we had another light heavyweight fight on the card. We had Danilio Marquez against Kennedy uh, Nozuku. And this fight, boy, I think coming into this one, I said, right? Uh, Nozuku had been, it looked like in his last fight, Against Carlos Allberg, that he had finally found himself. Right, he started slow, but the corner spoke to him, and then he put into play what he'd been told. And it was just like suddenly he found this belief, found this belief in himself, and it worked. And you know, he he spoke after the fight, and you thought, okay, I think it's clicked. I think he's got it. So this was going to be an opportunity for us to see that. But he's going up against Marquez, who, yo, he's on a winning streak. He's looking good. He's a tough son of a bitch. You know what I mean? It, it, it's not a fight that you want to take after your training walls have come up. You know what I mean? It's not an easy fight. All right? So this was going to be interesting as hell. Straight out the gate. Marquez, it looked like he knew exactly how he wanted to win this fight, right? He he had the game plan, he he just implemented, right? And it worked, right? He gets Nunjuku down, and um, he takes his back. It was such a weird one because the basically the round was Marquez on uh, Nunjuku's back. Right, he, he he stood up. Kennedy was able to stand, but he he doesn't like he was leaning on the fence. He kept on getting called for holding the fence. He wasn't holding it. It was just like he was leaning on the fence, but he wasn't using the fence to scrape Marquez off his back. It was it was weird. And you could hear Safe Saeed shouting, telling him what to do, and Kennedy just isn't doing it. Right? In the corner, at the end of the round, he's getting, like, talked to, and it just seemed that he wasn't there. It was odd. It's an odd one. And you're just like, oh, no. Like, I thought we'd seen the last of this Kennedy, man. Thought we'd seen the last of it. Shit. So, second round, and again, Marquez, he comes out, comes out, big body kick, and he's, he, you know, he's bringing the pressure, gets another takedown, right, and he's uh, putting pressure on Kennedy, looking for the arm bar, and he, he's not really defending things in the right way, and it just, you're just thinking, ah, man, I think this is gonna, this ain't ending well. You know what I mean? That's what it looked like, right? He he gets a another takedown, and this time he's on Kennedy's back. Gets a rear naked choke, and it really looked like it was over. Really looked like it was over. Somehow, somehow Kennedy is able to survive. Was a, and you're just like, what? But I don't know what it was. 
Because all of a sudden, when they're back on their feet, Kennedy's like, oh, I think I can strike? And starts to unload. It was such a weird, because he hadn't been doing it, and then it just suddenly was like, I guess I can throw hands. And he threw, he threw some combinations, and they were landing. They were working. You can see Marquez was just like, um, I don't want this. What the fuck is going on? Right, so he tries to clinch up, tries to clinch up on the fence. At, as the round ends, Kennedy is broken away and he's unloading again. So you're just like, oh shit, huh? You know, but it was so frustrating because it's just like, yes, when he unloads, Kennedy is dangerous, it's just, he's not unloading, I don't know what Safe said to him, but he came out, he came out in that third round, and just finally let the hands go, let the hands go, didn't let himself get tied up, just unloaded on Marquez, and Marquez, I don't know if he he tied himself out with all the the takedowns and the submission attempts, but he had nothing. All he could do was cover up, and the ref was just like, oh, this, this does not look good, and that was it. It was over, and you just look at it like, what the fuck? That's insane. Right, you you didn't think it was gonna go that way after everything that we had seen, but yeah, Kennedy just finally, yeah, finally found the fucking key. Finally realized what he could do in there, and he did it. You know, it was a very good finish. But boy, I I think he might need a sports psychiatrist or something. Because it's clear he's got the talent I I just think there's periods of time Where he just doesn't believe in himself Right And you can see Safe is frustrated So yeah I, I think he, he probably is Very good in practice He's very you know teachable But yeah He just needs to fully believe in himself Because when he does whew, He's a problem is a problem, so I'm interested to see what happens, how they get around this situation, because, um, yeah, it is a bit of a problem, but hopefully, yeah, hopefully it can be fixed, because Kennedy could go all the way, he just needs to believe in himself, you know, um, someone that definitely believed in himself was Jeremiah Wells, right, came and took the fight on short notice, right, it was a, a few days notice, because uh, Wally Alvarez is meant to fight Ramazan Imev, but Imev, you know, he had to pull out of the fight, so, uh, yeah, Wells takes it, right, making his debut, welterweight clash, and what a debut, son, it's out the gate, Wells, because, you know, he took it on short notice, so you, he realised that, yeah, gas tank, right, he, he hasn't trained for this fight, right, so you're thinking, alright, he understands, I want to take it out quick, 
And he bum rushes Alvarez. Comes at him and just landing shots. Gets him down. He's throwing like big shots, elbows. He's putting it on Alvarez. And you're thinking on the ground, Alvarez. You know what I mean? The jujitsu, everything. You're like, yo, does the want to fuck around here? But, yo, he's doing his thing. He is doing his thing. Yo, um... Yeah, Alvarez, he, he manages to get up, but Wells, he, he sticks to him, right? Sticks to him, he's looking for the takedown. In space, Alvarez is trying to hit them leg kicks, right? But Wells, he, he's not having it. He's hitting the right hand, you know what I mean? Now, the round did end with Alvarez looking for the guillotine, but that did not dent Wells' confidence, Right, second round, Alvarez, he figures he needs to come out a bit quicker. Right, tries a jump knee that doesn't really work. Wells, he is throwing those big shots. Alvarez goes for a leg kick and Wells counters it with a right. Stuns Alvarez, who goes down. Wells follows him. A couple of big shots and it. Is all she wrote. Jeremiah Wells, welcome to the UFC, son. Boy, what a goddamn debut. What a debut. Man, I, 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 it, it was crazy. You know, you wouldn't have thought it would go in that way. Not because, you know, you think, oh, Wells just ain't good. But it was just... Their level of competition. You know, when you look at the people Alvarez has fought, right? You thinking on taking that on short notice, ooh, that's a problem. But nope, no, 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 did not go that way at all. So great. So you had that great debut, and then there was the co main event. Was the co-main event with a little bit of controversy in it, right? We had uh, Tanner Bozo against Oven Saint Prue, light heavy, no heavy heavyweights, right? Now Bozo, he's a quick turnaround, right? The Latir Latifi fight, which I feel he won. Um, Oven, he, he was moving back up to heavyweight, which. I don't know why he chose heavyweight, but yeah, he he came back up. Um, now straight away, right? You could see. I don't know if it was because of the no camp again, a bit like Wells, but you know, Bozer he he was coming out and he's pushing that pace. Now I kind of feel you know he's. Usually a dude that pushes the pace, you know, he's he's a heavyweight who has got very good movement, and he's a smaller heavyweight. Although you could definitely see that Saint Prue was the lighter dude, even though there's supposedly it was ten pounds in it, right? But boy, Saint Prue definitely looked smaller. But yeah, Bozer, great movement. And just coming at Prue, right? Leg kicks, 
his right hand just couldn't miss, couldn't miss, right, just, he was putting it together so well, and St. Prue just not really throwing a lot, not throwing a lot at all, such a slow start, there was the odd jab, uh, a couple of body kicks, but that was it, that was it, and you're like, oh, man, this could be a problem, so second round, and again, Bozeri's pushing forward, pushing forward, doing his thing, St. Prue, he, he, uh, you know, he's attacking the leg, right, and he's able to get a body lock takedown, gets a body lock takedown on the fence, right, and this is where the controversy comes in, because it looked like Bozer grabbed the fence, which then helped him get back up, right, now, when you looked at it again, he doesn't grab the fence, right, he, he's got the back of his hand against the fence, and it's like he, he pushes the hand against the fence for leverage, so he doesn't grip it, he's just pushing against the fence, which, hey, straight legal, right, straight legal, there's nothing wrong about that, but Bozer gets up, gets up, hits and prove with a knee, and then puts him down with a right hand, follows it up with like a couple of hooks, but it's done, it is done, huge win for Tana Bozer, right, huge win, and, um, yeah, not the way that St. Prue wanted to go, but I just think St. Prue, uh, he just needs to be a bit more active, and I get it, right, sometimes you need a little time to warm up, but at least throw more jabs, right, at least throw more jabs to keep someone at bay, but huge win for Bozer, it was, it was good to see him get back on track, because I think he'd, he had a bit of a raw deal, right, had a bit of a raw deal, and you've just thought, you know what, I mean, Bozer's got stuff to do, he, he, like, yeah, you didn't want to see Bozer get cut, so great win, and a perfect way to lead us into the main event, people, so, we had Siroga against Alexander Volkov in the main event, right? And you kind of feel this heavyweight clash. It, it has big ramifications on the title picture. You know, Volkov, he's a vet who's been in there with some huge names, beaten former champions, and he's looked good. So you, you definitely kind of felt that a win for him, and, um, yeah, he could get that shot, right, he could be a contender, because he's fought and looked good against those top competition, and Gunn, a win for him definitely puts him in the mix, because, look, we, we saw what he did with Rosenstruck, it wasn't a pretty fight, it was a smart fight to avoid 
a Derek Lewis situation, right? Because you saw Volkov losing the last seconds to Lewis, right? Just a, a, a little lax in concentration and gun against Rosenstruck. Didn't lose his concentration. He knew keep him at bay, keep at the end of your jab. Don't let him bum rush you. You know what I mean? And that's what we saw. So although not necessarily exciting aesthetically, it was smart. Right? So he he's from the same gym as uh Ungano, right? When he first came from Cameroon, he went to France. That's the gym he started off at before coming to the States. So, there's a little sign in there. And, God, unbeaten. Unbeaten. And we've seen him take out, you know, again, former champions, JDS. Right? Um, Orlowski. Yo, so we've seen him do stuff. So, it was just like, alright, what? This is a... If Gan can beat Volkov... That would be huge. And it would tell us, yeah, he's definitely legit. Because JDS, he was getting old, right? But if you can be a a talent like Volkov in his prime, yeah, of course. You are your son, right? And what we saw, right? Now, it wasn't a whitewash, right? Is that the expression? A whitewash? Where you just dominate? Right? It wasn't a complete domination. But it was a comfortable performance. Right? And not a he-took-it-easy performance. A comfortable performance in the sense that Gunn was very smart. He he utilised his reach. He he's fast hands. He put together very good attacks. Implemented the kicking game, right? He he was just sleuth, sleuth. Man, I just merged to. I want to say I was gonna say slick, and I was well, there. I thought no, maybe smooth, and I got sleuth. He was sleuth, right? <laughs> Forget he was very slick. It's very slick. Right, he looked refined. He looked like he's been doing this shit for a while, you know. And he never let Volkov, um, he never let him get into his stride. Right, would disrupt him with the with a quick combination. His front kicks, you know, just really, just yeah. God looked good, man. And Volkov, Volkov landed some good shots. Uppercuts, body kicks. You know, he's his own jab, one-twos. But God just didn't let him build up that steam. Didn't let him get into a, a rhythm. You know? And, yeah, God looked good. He looked very good. Maybe not, maybe not, like, the the, the, the level of, um, you know, a Stipe or a Ngano yet, but he's a problem, you know what I mean, he, he's a problem, and I, I kind of feel that, yeah, one, two more fights, fuck it, throw him in, you 
If he wins another couple, I think Garn gets the title shot. And the the, the couple would be against top competition. You know what I mean? That's the thing. You're going to see him. I think a Curtis Blades would be... I think that's a big fight, right? That's a fight that you think, hey, if he shows he can handle that wrestling, yeah, man. Yeah. Put him in there. Put him in there, coach. So, very good performance from Garn. Very good performance from uh, a lot of the fighters on the card. And, um, yeah, when it came to bonuses, people. So, Marcin Precunio, he gets a performance for his KO of Ike Villeneuve. Um, Kennedy Nozawuku gets one first stop in. And Daniil Marquez. And the fight of the night was um, Rani Barcelos and Timur Valiev, which, yeah, that was a great fight, so, um, you know, there's definitely others that could have got a bonus, right, I, I think Wells could have got one, like uh, Rakhmarov for sure, you know, um, Morikano, right, then, you know, Boza, but, yeah, they're going to get a little something for sure. But, um, yeah, can't be mad at that, people. Can't be mad at that. So, it's a bit of a break. Bit of a break. But now it's all about UFC 264. That's the next event. And, good damn, I, am, I can't wait. So looking forward to that, people. So, um, yeah, we will... Man, I'm going to try and uh, do a little sign for that one. So, um, yes, watch this space. <laughs> okay, so, hey, it was a, one of these weekends where Sunday was all about the grappling. And we had Submission Underground 24, which, hey, people, I mean, you'd never go wrong with Submission Underground. Chell and Heather put on great events, and they did it again, so we had an eight-man absolute tournament to see who, who might be the next challenger for Mason Fowler, so, hey, all eyes on this, and listen, you know, you know what I predicted, right, in episode 203, we broke it down, we looked at that, and I have to say, I I kind of got some of it right, right? I, I got one of the finalists there, but um, yeah, there was a there's some there were some shocks, but I think as soon as we saw everyone competing, you like the the shock wasn't so much a shock because. Man, the performances, but we are bad. We it's just great fights. Well, not fight fights, matches, right? So it all started off with um, Renato Taglieri and Kyle Boehm, right? That was our first match, and 
Yeah, not not a long one. <laughs> not a long one. I think this was Bones. Um, it was his thing, right? Come out and take shit, right? So came out, take a seat, and he just attacked Taglieri's legs. Attacked the legs and, yeah, grabbed... Grabbed that hold, hit that heel hook sub, right? It was done in a blink of an eye. Blink of an eye. Taglieri just had no opportunity to really do shit. And, yeah, you got to tap, right? You got to tap. He tapped, but he was still, you just see him, he was still kind of favouring that leg. Favouring that leg. God damn it, he's Dangerous man, that shit is so like you, you, you know, what I mean, you can't fuck around, you cannot fuck around with that. So, next up, we had uh Nick Maximoff against Tanner Wisegrom. Now, this was an interesting one, right? Because, yeah, I didn't know anything about Wisegrom, right? But he, he was good. Wisegrim was good. Right. It 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 started off um on the feet. They were on the feet for a little while. But Maximoff, he got a takedown. He he couldn't really find anything and Wisegrim was able to get up. Maximum no. He uh yeah, changed levels, got another takedown. And he spun quick, got Wisegrim's back. But Wisegrim, very, very skillful, you know what I mean? He, he, he moved, he maneuvered himself out of danger. He gets himself up. Maximoff, he, uh, he, he, he grabbed the neck, tried for a guillotine. Wisegrim, Wisegrim did the smart thing and he dropped and rolled quick. As soon as he felt his neck in danger, he dropped and rolled, which was smart as fuck. Smart as fuck, right? And while he was there, he you know, he went for the leg. So we had a little entanglement. Maximoff, he's um he he got himself out of that. He gets up and he was looking at a uh, a flying arm bar. Right, was wasn't able to get, but that was it. Regular time, so we went to extra time. Wisegrim, he he went for the back. Right, he went for the back. Um, yeah, they you know, I mean Maximoff, he's attacking the hands, and he eventually was able to spin out. Right, Maximoff went for a a, a spider web. Um, he steadied himself, right, steadied himself, but, yeah, he just wasn't able to, uh, wasn't able to do it, right, Wiseman got to his knee, and then able to, uh, get his arm out, so second stanza, and again, Wiseman got, went for the back, right, Maximoff, he, he stood, and he shook Wiseman off him. So Wise Maximoff again went for the spider web. 
He grabbed a leg, right? Steadied himself. Wiseman stood, but he couldn't shake Maximoff off. They went back to the ground. And, yeah, you just thought, oh, is it? And last minute, Wiseman was able to get out. So, it was... Man, it, it, this is so it, this is so close, right? It's, it's coming down to right time. So, we're in our third innings. And Wiseman, he took the spider web. Right? Uh, Maximoff, he, he stacks Wiseman. Wiseman falls back. And you thought, oh, could be a problem. Could be a problem. Is he extending? But Maximoff is out. Right, so Maximoff, he took the back. Wiseman is able to get his back to the mat. And, um, yeah, escape fairly, fairly quickly. Right, and it, yeah, it just came down to escape time. Came down to escape time, which is always, uh, there wasn't a lot in it wasn't a lot in it, it's always a tough one, man, always a tough one, and you, ah, oh, man, it's, it's got to suck, got to suck, but, you know, Maximoff, he's got a UFC contract, so, you know, I, 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 I'm sure he's, uh, yeah, you know, he didn't, he didn't want to lose, per se, but, hey, he knows there's some big things on the horizon for him, so, it, it could have been worse, could have been worse, but we then have now this is an interesting one, right? We had Roberto Jimenez against Adam Smith. And as as I said last time out, Smith at Submission Underground 23, right? He was calling for a fight with Mason Fowler. He's calling for that fight. So hey, you know he was pumped for this tournament. He wanted to show and prove and get that match up. While Roberto Jimenez, you know, just coming off that combat jiu-jitsu win. You know, so it was just like, how is this going to go? How was this one going to go? Well, people, Jimenez, he came out pushing that pace, right? Gets a takedown. Um, he's into side control. Smith, he's able to get up. Up and stand, but Jimenez, he's sticking to the neck, right? Looking for a guillotine. Um, he's on it hard, on it hard, but Smith was able to escape. Jimenez, he wasn't giving up though, right? Wasn't giving up, and he he gets Smith down again, takes the back, hunting for a rear naked. Gets the arm under the chin and it is a wrap. It's a wrap. Just over halfway through, you know. So, not too long, which is always good. You want to get those first round fights out the way early. Right, then we had... Um, well, I didn't even know, right. That I thought Jim... Ayla's was still, but no, Jim Ayla's, he had to withdraw, so we had Adam Seidlinger, so it was Adam Seidlinger against Pedro um, Marino, right, and Marino was someone who Mason Fowler 
had, you know, he had called as the one to watch, right? And, hey, Seidlinger, he came out, took bottom, right? And, uh, yeah, Marino just super aggressive, right? He, he can't find an opening at first, but gets the leg, falls back, boom. Leg lock under a minute, under a minute, which makes you go, huh, okay, this Marino, yeah, yeah, the sign about this motherfucker, I, I, okay. So we're into the semi finals, people, and uh, yeah, we, we, uh, hey, it's interesting, right? Very interesting. We got some. Oh, we got some good matchups. We have Kyle Bowen against Tanner Wiseman and Roberto Jimenez against Pedro Marino. Right, they're our semis. And um, yo, in the first one, right, Bowen against Wiseman. Bowen, he takes bottom, grabs that leg. It is over. <laughs> it is it's just another quick one from Bowen, man. He was not ramping, right? It's just these Bowen's like, I ain't getting paid for the hour, right? I ain't looking to be here a long time. Definitely the mindset, right, for a tournament. So that was done. So then we have Jimenez against Marino. And both came out attacking. Right, Jimenez, he takes bottom, Marino, he's looking to pass, drops her a leg, Jimenez, right, he, he spins out, he, uh, you know, locks up, right, locks up again, now, Marino, he, he falls back, Jimenez, he's, uh, you know, it looks like he was thinking of grabbing a leg, but, Marino, he, I don't know, man, he was just, had a better entry, and you just saw Jimenez have to give a verbal, he had to give a verbal, man, it was so, whew, so quick, so quick, right, and you just like, oh, shit, Marino, yeah, he, he's a problem, son, so that was our, um, that was our semis, Right, that was our semis. So we then, you know, after all of that, we jump straight to, um, we got the women's absolute championship. Right, we've got a uh, Raquel Canute against Amanda Lowen. Good. Damn! So, Amanda Lowen, right, she's the Craig Jones, the Mason Fowler of the women's game. She is a beast. We have seen her up against some of the best in the game. And, yo, she just does a thing. She does a thing. But, you know, we saw Canute really impressive against Gillian Robinson last time out. Right, so it was an interesting one. And you find out it's a rematch, right? They'd fought a few years back. So, uh, yeah, you're like, oh, how's it going to go, 
right? So Lauren pulls guard, right? And nearly gets Cohen um, down. Lauren's on the leg, right? But Canute, she's she's staying calm. Canute stays calm. And, uh, yeah, moves, um, you know, moves to, for the leg, right? But, you know, they're not trapped, so she's, it was like, yeah, the way she's manipulating herself, right? It, it was just weird, because Lauren has kind of got the leg, but Canoe is... I don't know, man. She's just flexible as hell. <laughs> flexible as hell. Right? So, Lauren, she changes her position. Canute uh, is looking for a heel hook. But Lauren, um, she laces her legs. Right? So, she's defending very well. And we're seeing Canute attack. She's got top. And... She's very smart, not giving any space. She's staying tight, and yeah, she she's just looking for her her next position. We got a chess game, and it is oh bad. It is just super interesting, right? Because yeah, Canoe, she's she's on top. She was looking for an armbar, right? Looking for an armbar. She has. Separation for a second. For a second, she has separation. Oh my god. It was just like, oh my, are we gonna see? But Lauren, you know, she's able to get her hands back together. Able to get her hands back together. And um, yeah, you're just like, yo, okay. So, you know, Canute, she, she was. Going for a reverse triangle. Lowen escapes that. Man, it was oh my gosh, it it was fun. But yeah, regular time it was done. Regular time was done. And we went to extra time, and the extra time seemed to follow a bit of a pattern. Right? So um we had canoe up first. She took the back, right, and, man, it was funny, because she always started off, and she never bothered with her hooks at first, you know, but she'd, then, she'd like, go for a, a crank, go for a crank, um, and lowered was, you know, she's rotating, looking to escape, Canoe would get the body triangle and Lowen is just moving very slowly, inching her way out. Right? But doing it in such a smart way. Uh it the first time she gets out with a few seconds left. Right? And that was that was the real telling one. That's a real telling one. Now, what was super impressive, because Lowen went with Spiderweb, right? She went with Spiderweb, and Spiderweb is such a tricky one, because you go for a fast move, and you're losing it. So you have to stay very calm, very patient with it, right? And we saw that from Lowen, 
we we saw it be that. But Lowen was able to get maximum ride time. You never really see someone get maximum ride time off of Spiderweb. I that that was a super impressive one. Right? So I think all from there, right? So Canute, she went with the back on all her opportunities. And Lowen wasn't able to escape. She was very close, I think, the second time, not able to escape, right? So Canute gets full ride. Lowen gets, she goes for the spider web. She goes for the spider web again. And again, she's able to get the full ride. Able to get the full ride, right? Now, there was a moment in, in the second um, innings where Canute, she steps over, steps over the head with one leg, but doesn't with the other. Doesn't with the other because her head was trapped in a certain way. So, um, yeah, Lowen's able to get the, the maximum ride. And then on the third, again, Lowen goes with the spider web. And god damn. Oh, man. So, this is where champions are made, right? Because, so, you know, every time, right, she hooks the leg. She stays calm. She steadies herself, you know, before she does everything. Canoe, she, she again, she traps Lewin's head. Traps the head. Lewin escapes. As she escapes, right, Canoe goes to stack her. She goes to stack her, and we have Lowen... She manoeuvres her legs to trap, but, right, she doesn't quite get the leg in the position she wants, which gives Canute some space, gives some space, so it's kind of like a, a dead orchard, but you don't have the same grip, so Canute, man, you mean, she, she's... This is what she wants, right? But you see, Lower just grip her. She maintains the grip. She stays calm. She gets the full fucking ride. Gets the full ride, which you just thought was never gonna happen. Never gonna happen. This was one hell of a performance from Amanda Lowen. She gritted in. She really just, man, just stayed calm. At no point did she seem flustered. She had her eyes shut uh, at one point where she's defending um, the rear naked, right, in overtime. It is so impressive. Amanda Lowen is so impressive, people. Boy. I mean, if you live near the 10th planet where she she teaches, you want to go take classes from her. She is, like, and it's not one of them ones where you'd be like, oh, man, you want, you want a, your daughter to, you know, your daughter, your girlfriend, like, you, you want them 
to train with her and, you know, look up to her and think, I'm going to be as bad as her. It'd be like, no, 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 anyone. It doesn't matter the sex, man. You want to train with Amanda Lower because she is so fucking skilled. Man, right, they're talking about Gabby Garcia. Now, Gabby is fucking huge. But I wouldn't count Lowen out of that fight. I wouldn't count her out. She's that impressive. Man, I'm I'm all about Amanda Lowen. I, I can't wait to see her compete next. Right? So um yeah, we are now into our bronze medal matchup. So in the bronze fight, we've got Roberto Jimenez against Tanner Wiseman, and uh, yeah, you 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 could see that Jimenez was man, he weren't playing, right? Jimenez was not playing, right? So he comes at Wisegrom, right? Comes at him like Wiseman, man, offended his mums. Right, that's what was looking. That's what it seemed right. Right, so he's looking for the back. Wisegrim is trying to escape, but Jimenez isn't letting it go. Isn't letting it go. Right, so he traps the arm, traps the arm, and then attacks the neck. Attacks the neck. Right, and you and you see Wiseman finally get his arm out, but it's too late. It's too late. Has to tap. Has to tap instantly. Because Jimenez just tightens that grip. And it is done. Whew. And so, yeah. We then. Then it's our final. Right? We've got Carl Boehm against Pedro Marina. And um, this is an interesting one, right? So, Boehm. As with his other fights, he took bottom. Marino trying to get a dominant position, but Boehm ain't playing that shit, right? Ain't playing it. Marino grabs the leg and falls back, but Boehm gets his own leg. And, man, straight away, right? Marino's just like, oh, shit. Oh, shit, right? So he jets. He jets out of there. Right, so he's he's trying to pass, but Boehm, and he's just, whew, super, you know, composed, super posed, looking for a leg, can't quite get it. Boehm decides to get up, right, and uh, he tried a flying armbar, which is uh, super impressive. Doesn't get, uh, and that's. Regular time, so uh, I'm like, Chael, can we not give the final at least 10 minutes? Can we not do that? Right, uh, but we go to extra time, right? And first innings, Marino he he goes with a spider web, Boehm, no, he he sits. Sits and um, right away, right? He, he's just able to maneuver himself out, right? Just yeah, 
kind of up, shake, he's out, right, so Bowen, he takes it back, body triangle straight away, which is always a smart one, right, and that was the, I think, the thing about Canuto, right, the fact that she didn't go with the body triangle straight away, but still was able to, uh, Maintain the position Which was super impressive But yeah, Bowen, body triangle And um, We see him, you know Playing the game, trying to get the arm Underneath the chin, right So he gets one But, you know, Marino He's trying to spin out He's trying to spin out Um, Because Bowen doesn't quite have it Doesn't quite have it And so you see Marino Turn Right, you see him turn, so you think, oh, he's escaping. He's going to be out. But as Marino is just about to kind of look like he's slipping out, Boehm gets the arm underneath, and you just see him alter his grip, and boom, it's a wrap. It is a wrap, right? So, Boehm ends up in a kind of like an arm triangle type of position, but with a rear naked. Alright, and yeah, Carl Boehm wins himself 10 grand, and now we get to see him go up against Mason Fowler. And yo, from what we saw, from what we saw, hey. This is some interesting fucking fight. This this is not going to be an easy match for Mason Fowler. This is going to be super interesting. And, hey, I cannot wait. I cannot wait for this. So, uh, I'm assuming that's going to be the one of the matches at Submission Underground 25. But, uh, yeah, Chell didn't really say anything, so uh, we will see. But, people, hey, if you haven't seen, you know, if you miss Submission Underground 24, it's on Fight Pass. Sort that shit out and get and watch it because, people, some tremendous performances, for real. Tremendous performances, people. Hey, great way to end the weekend. Okay, people, so we are reaching the close of another episode. There's not a lot of fight announcements, but people, there are some big fucking fight announcements. Oh, my days. There are two huge, huge ones. So let's start off, right? Now, LFA 113 has a main event. The the card takes place on the 30th of July and Vernon Lewis tackles Thomas Pedersen. Whoo! Two big heavyweights get it on. This is oh, this is a good one. And also it will uh, show where Pedersen is, that's for sure. Now, in the UFC, so uh, the week before that LFA. On the 24th of July, Rafael Sansal is unfortunately out of his fight with Kyla Phillips, but Rulon Paviev steps in. Oh my days. 
Hey, that is not an easier fight. Paviev is legit. And a win for Phillips would definitely put him in the mix. So, people, this is crazy. UFC 265 on the 7th of August. We're getting a championship fight, people. Not the one we fought. For the interim heavyweight belt. Derek, the Black Bleast Lewis, will be fighting Cyril Bongamin Gun. Oh, shit. What did I say, people? A win for Gun. Could put him in the mix and god damn, he's in the mix. He is in the mix, people. Woo! That's great. That's a great fight. And um, at UFC 266, well, it was meant to take place at UFC 266 on the 4th of September. But it has been moved to UFC 267 on the 30th of October. We are seeing the champion, the Polish hammer, that Polish power, Jan Blakowicz, go up against, boy, the people's champ. The dude that has been in there for so long and has found a way back to the belt. Clover Teixeira, people. Oh, my days. Two incredible matchups. Cannot wait. People, we have no UFC at the weekend. So, Wednesday, I think we'll be, we'll be there. Alright, we're going to look back at some previous events that we didn't get the chance to. So, Cage Warriors, I'm looking at you. Alright, we're going to work it out. But we will see you on Wednesday, people. Peace.